0: So hi everyone and welcome to the Shopstool podcast, a podcast for woodworkers and the maker community in general. This is episode number three. My name is Robin Lewis from RobinLewisMakes.com. I'm joined by Joey Chalk from King Post Timberworks and Hello. Jordan Crawford from Periodic Furniture Studio. We live stream the recording every Thursday evening at 6pm Australian Eastern Standard Time or UTC plus 10 or you can watch it or listen to it later on YouTube or SoundCloud. I want to say hello to everyone in the chat. We'll get your comments as much as possible as we go and feel free to chat amongst yourselves. The idea being that this is also a place for people to meet once a week. So before we get into this week's episode, which is going to be a doozy, let's do a rundown of what everyone's working on. So Joey, do you want to hit us off?
1: Ah, uh, yes. What am I working on? Uh, okay. So <laughs> after all that talk last week about outdoor furniture and the fun and joy of it i've managed to get myself a commission for this giant outdoor lounge suite <laughs> so i'm making uh two three-seater sofas a single seater two planter boxes and two coffee tables and it's all out of 65 mil iroko which i went and picked up this morning started milling it up this afternoon but, uh, yeah. so yeah that's um I'm not actually sure how much I'm going to be able to get done before Christmas. But <laughs> Do you get the they need
2: cushions and stuff made externally or are you doing that yourself? No,
1: I've, uh, I've got an upholsterer two doors up. And, oh, cool. um, so I've got them on to ordering the materials for that. They reckon they'll get me the cushions the day before Christmas. so um, These people have at least somewhere to sit, hopefully, for Christmas Day. Uh, I am working on... You guys might have seen on my Instagram, I had some large pieces of Totra and I'm making a dining table out of it or a tabletop. Client has a big
0: steel table base. Um, I wondered what the the base was going to be.
1: Yeah, but the the timber is just moving all over the place. It's really terrible and I'm really having trouble... uh, flattening it out i got to the point where i called the client and said we got to change what we're doing you know we need to put breadboard ends on this thing we need to put some extra supports and he's like no i just want a flat piece of wood so i said okay you can we'll try and screw it down to your steel frame and and that should pull out some of the uh, flat uh, bowing issues but um who knows what's going to happen over time as this thing is going to keep you know it moved on me 10 mil over the course of a day so
0: sure damn
1: uh, yeah i'm having trouble with that so that's fun i've got a couple of other deliveries to make this week but yeah um that's about it
2: cool
0: cool yeah john what um, have you been working on?
2: so this week's been a little bit it's a continuation of last week so the outdoor table which i talked about last week was finalized and delivered on monday um which actually turned out really nice i was surprised uh, it was quite a budget thing so it was just using what i had and it, yeah i was really happy with it and so it was a client can i just butt in there
1: yeah uh i wanted to ask did, well how did you treat the miters like, it wasn't until i saw the mm. pictures of it i went like, last oh, that, yeah. did well. you like Epoxy them and domino them, or
2: there is a video coming, um, okay. but it's yeah, so it's long floating tannins, Yeah, uh, and it's epoxy, so it's yep. cool. double, double up yep. of that, yep. Um, Sweet. But because of the way it's flats, are actually what sits on the base, so it shouldn't. Oh well, fingers crossed, <laughs> yep, we'll find Sweet out. Yes. Cool. Um, on top of that, it's been a real pig of a job. Something that the client just is taking me for a ride on. And it's a big countertop for a cafe, uh, 3.6 meters long. And it was built for a steel frame. And when I get there this morning after an injury, it's oh we also need to cut a notch out of it for okay. plumbing. We need to also recess in for a glass washer and it's I've quoted for a countertop, not yeah, not you know, install. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So you're just delivering. <laughs> I'm just you know, so it's like, well, I've got a few tools. I cut the notch out and then it's yeah, so I've got to go back tomorrow. Oh, um, sucks. try and try and find someone that can come and help me because I can't hold a router at the moment. I've got yeah. to cut this big recess. It's actually a through hole for a glass washer and secure it, and then there's gonna be, go back again once it's finished installed to do trim because his base wasn't square. So it's, yeah, it, it's a real thing yeah. of a job. And yep. uh it sounds, sounds really,
1: pretty, pretty standard for a shop fit out, so. Uh,
2: yeah, it's just, just when you ask them what's involved, yeah, they do it when you get there is a little bit annoying, but you know, yeah. it's still at the end of the day, happy client, quick payment, so I'm not gonna complain about the actual client, just not
0: knowing what was in yeah,
2: school.
0: Yeah. Is, is um, that quite a common thing to happen? Sorry, I, I'm, I'm not sure if that's what you were meaning, Joey. Is that quite a common thing to happen with those type of fit-outs? Uh,
1: in my experience, any um, commercial shop fit-out, uh, a lot of the times they'll just tell you half of what needs to happen or yeah. they'll tell you what you need to know to make your part of the job, say the cabinetry. And then when you get there, they'll be like, oh, and by the way, you're going to have to alter this wall, level up the floor, cut a hole through this and somehow wang a little to get it together and we're opening tomorrow morning, so we get it done, guys. <laughs>
2: yeah. No it, pressure. It's a lot to do with they, they have a vision, mm-hmm. but them not necessarily knowing how to achieve it. And yeah. they don't understand that it's not just a simple thing of cutting a hole. Like this is a, mm-hmm. a square inset. The corners have to be perfect. And yeah. the only way to cut that after you've glued up a tabletop is to actually route it out and then scrap the corners. It's just, yeah. you know, don't realize how much work goes into it.
1: And try not to chip the finish on the edge, on the corner and so. Yeah.
2: So now it's like, I don't know how to go about talking to them about it's going to cost extra or if I just put it on the invoice and if they question it, it's just...
1: That's the whole topic there. That's a, yeah, exactly. That could be a good show actually. <laughs> Yeah, so. extras, how do you charge for extras?
2: <laughs> yeah, but anyway, that's that's where I got to. Uh, everything else has been put on hold yep. for at least a few weeks until I'm back on the go. But
0: yeah, what about you, Rob? Cool. Cool. Uh, so I've had a couple of things on the go you might be able to see behind me. That's a that's right. mobile, mobile card for my thicknesser with a uh, box for dust collection underneath it. So the... So
1: I saw that on Instagram Mm. and I was like, how the hell are you going to get the chips? Like, are you going to, have you put a a suction fan in or does your planer have a
0: blower? So it, and when I bought this planer, uh, everything I read is so it doesn't have a blower that I'm aware of. Right. But everything that I read from people said that it doesn't spit the chips out fast enough. So it made sense. No blower doesn't, do. but every time I've used it, I've looked at this thing and thought, I mean, this thing is aggressive with the way the chips come out. Right. Of it. Maybe yeah. it does. Right. And um, it was only then when I, I bought that bit of hose and plugged it in because I was, I, was, I was trying something I wanted to try and plug that hose into my little shop vac. It was only when I put that clear hose on that I saw how fast the stuff was coming out. And I was like, you know what, this this must have. Yeah. Yeah. Because it blasts them out. Unfortunately, the shop vac can't keep up with it. No. No, of course not. Yeah. yeah, Which I I didn't know. I didn't know. Yeah. I I didn't know. So I bought this 100 mil down to 38 mil, like cone. (laughs) No, (laughs) (laughs) the the chips are pretty big on those. Yeah. So, yeah. So anyway, so on the top of that, uh, the video should be out this weekend. On the top of that box is some furnace filter fabric. Right. And then it just blows it in, and, and the air, you know, the positive right. pressure That's comes good. out of the top. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, the only thing I'm struggling with is the box is made out of melamine. So it's a bit heavy. Yeah, That's yeah. Like a, um, keeps but from rocking. I guess
1: the yeah. only thing I would say to be cautious of, I mean, it looks like a great setup for anything. Like, how wide does that machine cut? It's 280, is it? Something like that? Yeah, yeah,
0: 285, I think. Yeah. yeah.
1: So if you were to say, put a 280 pine board, especially. The straight knives on a plane take big wide ribbons off a piece of pine. Mm. This is a spiral.
0: Uh, oh, yeah, a spiral, spiral. A spiral in that little thing. Well, no, no, sorry. It's not spiral. It's hemi- it's It's oh, so yeah, here. What's. Yeah, yeah it's not, not called, it's not the. Yeah. It's not
1: a straight knife.
0: So it's the little knives here. Yeah. Okay,
2: that's well,
1: that's,
0: that's good. There you go. You're yeah. only
2: going to get small chunks. Um, where did you find your furnace filters?
0: I, I got online. I okay. tried to, tried to yeah. look for it on Bunnings, couldn't see anything, yeah, so I've, yeah.
2: I'm looking for them as well because I need to yep. cut some, some holes and them. <laughs> yeah. Online so, this, is. Yeah,
0: so this was a, sort of a, my first, for, you know, foray into doing this type of thing. And it, it's functional. I don't think it's like, like a finished product. It, uh, you know, I'll keep it. It works for now. Mm. Um, but, yeah. Because, so, as I say, I don't have a shop vac. I don't know how, yeah. you know, proper dust collection is, you know, yeah. supposed to operate and all that. But it'll I'll work. Just, I'll just it'll say work. that.
2: When I started out and had similar style planer, the Zito had a large shop vac style vacuum, but it has a 100 mil hose. And I had one of them when I first got a planer, and that thing worked really well. I mean, obviously yours has got a good setup on it, but for other people, if they're looking for a cheap way.
1: I reckon um, if you were to uh, not use the, the fixable hose with the ribs in it, and if you could find in some magical place, clear like PVC pipe, mm. this smooth core, but you can also, also see if it clogs up, yeah. that would work even better because then the, the chips would just slide down into the box. Yeah, it just hard because like it, it, it has to slide. go up and
2: down with the cutter. Oh, yeah, right,
0: of course. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Now that doesn't help. <laughs> oh, you know, actually, I didn't even think of that. So I've, set pull I've made that hose at the bottom. <laughs> so I'm probably going to have to add that more. Because um, I, did, I did think about what you said. So at the bottom, the the elbow is PVC. Um, so, yeah, basically, the, the gravity is going to drop it down the hose. And then at the first curve, it's PVC. So it should sort of run right. smoothly. Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's a
0: cool idea. I like it being all one thing. Yeah, so it's on, so on wheels, so you can just sort of push it around and uh, so I can store it away. So, yeah, I'm pretty happy with it. It's I didn't realize how much mess a thickness it makes because so, when <laughs> I bought this thing, I just put something through it, and it was just, ugh, the whole shop was just dust.
2: Yep.
0: Um, so, yeah, so I'm quite glad to be having some kind of to yeah. entertainment. Um, but other than that, on that end, I've got a breadboard going. That's a Christmas present for someone. Uh, that's just right. a project. And then I don't know if you can see the Christmas lights behind me. Yep. Being, being December I thought I'd, I'd put those up for the podcast so yeah so hey that's for your,
1: your fruit bowl yeah um turned out pretty cool mm. and I'll give you my feedback now that I've seen it um, yeah <laughs> I think I would have done what you did just put some feet on it and made a, a fruit bowl thing and then uh, and it wouldn't be till afterwards the same, and I would have stepped back and gone, oh, you know what, That's not doesn't quite look right. Um, and, you know, after thinking about it for a couple of days, I reckon what I would have done is got like a, a, a block of wood as a base, a plinth, and just put a piece of perspex somehow right in the middle of the, uh, of the piece of bark. So it's kind of like set on a bit of an angle, just like a sculpture.
0: Ah, oh, yeah. It's just yeah. kind of
1: floating, and you could block one end of it, and the fruit yeah. would just kind of roll down to one end. And then it would, if it's empty, it just looks like a sculpture, and if it's full, it's full of fruit. But yeah. um, um, but yeah, that I wouldn't come up, I wouldn't have come up with that idea if I hadn't seen the first go, because I would have done probably the same thing. So, mm. yeah, it's interesting how your perception changes after you actually see something finished.
0: And and that's why I said in the video. It was. I don't want to use the word frustrating because it's, I guess it's just it's the process, but that's what I saw in my head. Yeah. I wanted the big chunky legs on the side being very square and angular, as a you know you've got the natural piece in the middle, which is suspended by the highly mm. uh, milled timber. So that was my idea, but yeah, I don't know. It was just I really liked it how it turned out,
2: but the, the thing I would envision, which would complement it quite nice, is little brass feet. Oh yeah, was like raised stuff. Just a little bit of extra detail to it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, a few people mm-hmm. said that. Yeah, it needed oh, yeah. it needed feet, not just a, right. not just the flat. Uh, yeah, things. Well, I like, yeah. I
2: like
0: them. Well, it's held up. I've left it outside for a cup for about a week now, um, and uh, you know, I'm I'm just waiting for that bark just to crack like that. So I don't think it will, eh? But the idea with the dowels is hopefully it shouldn't. You know, it's going to yeah. keep keep it together. So we'll see. Anyway, um, my fruit bowl is not the, the most interesting thing we're going to be talking about tonight. Um, That's, it. That's the
2: show. Thanks for watching. <laughs> yeah.
0: So um, just to just to uh, introduce what we're going to talk about, we had a whole plan that we were going to talk about tonight. Uh, we might still get to that plan, um, but Jordan was a bit of a rock star last night and decided he wants to steal the show and, and talk about <laughs> something. So... Um, Yeah, a few guys might have seen on Instagram. Jordan, uh, can you give us a a rundown of what happened to you yesterday in the shop?
2: Well, I'm sporting a nice little injury on my left hand. And uh, basically, what happened is I was jointing the piece of wood on my death jointer. I mean, it was just operating as a standard jointer. I didn't have the twin cutters going. But I just somehow, I don't know what happened. My hand fell off the piece of wood and fell straight into the cutter so essentially what's happened is from my knuckle down to the fingertip it's cut on a very steep shear angle so the fingernail is entirely removed uh, the bone was about three quarters down to the knuckle, so that's sitting somewhere inside of my dust bin. I was going to say the, the bone as well. Oh, the Probably. bone's gone. Yeah, crap. I thought it would have stopped. Yes. Yeah, and uh, basically, when it when it happened, I knew what had happened. I felt the weirdest sensation, but I didn't really want to know what it was. So I yeah. looked down and I saw bone. Oh. I just knew I had to go. So I. Oh, wrapped it uh, wrapped it in some gauze. I had luckily I have first aid kits everywhere because I am afraid of this sort of thing. Wrapped it in some gauze. I rang my girlfriend and said uh, I needed to come and get me to the emergency room. And before I could tell her what had happened, she had hung up and <laughs> she was on her way. So um, she took me. But yeah, so bit of an accident. Um, so so can yeah. you get back
0: to? Yeah, I, I need more details in this. I need, so I need a, he,
2: yeah. Can
1: you maybe describe what the size of the board was, and then and what and how
0: how you were pushing it? Yeah.
2: Yeah, Yeah. and I I would actually ask that you guys ask questions because I'm not sure how to talk about it really. Um But yeah, so the the size of the board was about 120 mil wide. Yeah. Running on edge, so you know my thumbs on top of the board and my fingers kind of just lightly pressing it into the fence. And it was. It wasn't
0: flat down. It was up. No, it wasn't flat. It
2: was uh-huh. on the edge, and thick, like I like said, twenty or fifty. Sorry, how thick? How
1: thick was the piece of wood? Like twenty mil, oh, fifty uh, mill. I think it was 30,
2: 35, yep. So not All like, right. super thick. Yeah, yep. And it was probably about halfway through the cut, huh. like half of the length over. So it was like the Is board as well was well
1: established. Is it your leading hand? Leading
2: hand, yeah.
1: If that slipped off so your thumb like slipped off the top edge of the
2: board yeah but and the you thing is stabbed
1: the blades
2: the thing is I think my hand dropped like I just think I let go huh. and dropped it down because the the lesson I've learned here is the importance of not working tired so something that you guys don't know and I'm happy to bring up here and I'm not using it as an excuse because it's a lesson but I've for the last three or four months, I've been in and out of uh, hospitals, getting biopsies, getting tests done for kidney disease. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's obviously taken a toll on me, been really tired. The kidneys obviously affect your adrenal glands as well. Yep. And what I've been doing is pushing through this just utter exhaustion because I thought it's what I had to do. And yes. What I've learned is, if you're if you're tired and exhausted, don't push through. Go and take some time and refresh yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, it's not an excuse because it was stupid. I did it, but it's the best explanation I can have. Is yeah. working tired, working distracted. So,
1: um, couple of other questions then, which I'm sure someone's probably screaming at. Um, <laughs> uh, so. Did you have the so? How wide is your jointer?
2: Uh, it's a sixteen-inch jointer. So were you with a the, swinging guard?
1: Yeah. So were you at the back or the front, like with the fence? Um, the, at the fence back?
2: was set probably so eight inches of cutter exposed. Yeah, and then and then the board. So the fence was about halfway on. Um,
1: and I guess so. If you're halfway through the board, the swinging what do they call it? Like a lamb chop, yeah, guard or something. Yeah. Um, so most of the blade is it... Well, it I guess, I don't know, public. on my one, the blade it not really exposed if you're cutting no. it. Kind of...
2: I think a big thing with mine, I, and this is just, I don't know because I can't really recall, it's all a blur, yeah. but it's a sticky spot in the spring. Right. So if, you get, if it gets to this one point, it kind of sticks open. Right. It's fine if you go past it or close, but if you don't, get it past that one point it kind of sticks open a little bit huh. and I just I'm guessing anyway that that's where it fell um, it was yeah. into the blade or the other thing is is when my hand fell I actually pushed the, for- the cutter forward because I've got this impact injury on my index finger right like the tip is, is injured huh. and we don't really know why Cause there's no cuts, there's no, no, uh, there's only bruising. So, whether it's only a two knife cutter head, so it may have hit the non cutting section of the, of the, uh, whatever you call it, cutter block. Mm. But
1: yeah, and this one, I'm wondering if it went straight through and hit the block and you got like hammered on the end of your finger because it
2: was the top, top that hit. Yeah.
0: Mm.
1: Like,
2: not, not, not the fingertip, I
1: was also just thinking maybe the way you, your hand drops sometimes with those lamb chop guards, there's a little triangle of blade exposed because of the shape of the guard and the shape of your timber. Yeah. And I guess it could be possible that just you, that finger just got went through, through that, just through that triangle, and the other fingers kind of smooshed up onto the guard. But yeah, yeah. I, that's what
0: I thought the impact what you were gonna say is that the the board or the board either the board coming back or that guard squeezing it into the fence. That
2: would have Yeah. I mean that that actually could be it, is that if this finger hit it pushed it back and
0: just slammed it into the into the, that, um, the guard did what it's supposed yeah, to do to stop getting back and unfortunately it was um that's, now when I use my when I'm edge jointing, yeah I sort of ride my hand along the fence and my thumbs are what i the- into the into the fence. So that's it. So do you sort of have your entire hand pushing up against the, the fence?
2: No, so if if the board is shorter than the fence, I would be doing just like you are. So, you know, my thumbs oh, are up on top yeah, of the fence. Yeah, of course.
0: Yeah, 120 mil, yeah. But
2: um, because this is that weird fence that I have with the cutter, mm. it's actually pretty low. Mm. Um, so it's probably only a hundred mil high, if that. It's probably eighty mil high actually. So the fence itself is not super duper.
0: Bald. And is there
1: where the cutter is, the the secondary cutter on your jointer? Yeah. Is there obviously is a void in the fence? Yeah. Do you think yeah. it has anything to do
2: with the way you're pushing work through? It does because the the obvious. oh it's basically another jointer just on its side. So you've got the in-feed and the out-feed, and the in-feed side of the fence is set slightly behind the out feed. Yeah, of course. So if I'm using the jointer as a traditional jointer like I was in that case, I've only got three inches, not even, probably yeah, probably 50 mil, yeah. of the second fence, or the out-feed fence, to press up on to establish yeah. the cut. So the first yeah. little bit. We're going through. Really,
1: really at the front edge of the board, which you really kind of only want to be using it as a double. Just you really do, yeah.
2: Yeah. So, I was so a little introduction to what I was doing, I guess, is in order. Which is for this countertop I mentioned earlier. The client rang me saying that the wall, which isn't a wall, may I say, it's a podium, it's a, a stud. Um, isn't as deep as he thought it was and I need an infill and delivery was today right. so I'm like a few swayways going through my head because I'm ready to just call this project done and another thing gets added um, and I'm jointing this board I joint, I joint one edge and I go to glue it up and I see there's a nail hole on that edge so right. I joint the other side of the board just so I can get this glue up done and get back to, to working on what I was um, and it was that second cut second round of jointing that same board which I did it on so um, also also a bit rushed I guess yeah, mm-hmm.
0: um, yeah. so yeah. we've got a question from um, Colum in the chat he wants to know how long like, what did the doc say, how long are you going to be out
2: well here's the thing, I haven't actually spoken to the surgeon after my operation, so I got into plastics really late, um, right. so I haven't had, they obviously had gone by the time I was out of my, um, like woken up, but I find out on the 13th exactly, but I think from what the nurses were saying, there should be four weeks before I'm kind of out of the wrap. Um, but there might be some therapy We I don't know how bad the nerve damage is there is nerve damage because it, it comes all the way down to my elbow oh, um, so we don't know how bad that's going to be just yet so, Yeah, I, it's a bit unknown at this stage it's not been long enough to find out
1: because uh, also <clears throat> you have removed you know, quite you know, a, what, a third of the tip of your finger yeah. um, so I guess they will close. have to close it up like a like like an amputation,
2: yeah. So point. because so before I went under, uh, the the surgeon came out and got consent and talked to me about what he ha- he has to do. And at this stage, because I was a rush in, he had only seen X rays, mm-hmm. not inspected the finger. Um, so he said, best case scenario, we'll have to grind back the small amount of bone that's left from the top part of my finger. And we'll be able to wrap the skin around and and bring it on. Uh, but what was more likely is that he'll basically amputate through the knuckle, right? And then and bring the skin over because if the skin that was there was intact, he should be fine. But he right. And you don't know what's here. And like this is what I'm calling my Christmas present. I yeah. find out. I want to know what's in there, but <laughs> I find out on the
0: 13th. Oh man. Oh, man. It was, it was funny. So, you know, I was talking about that bin earlier being a bit heavier uh, than I'd anticipated. I was, yeah. I had it up on my wheelie bin today to try and unload some of the stuff. And as I I sort of put it down, not really realizing that my finger was right underneath it on this tiny <laughs> lip and I, I just crushed the crap out of my finger. It's gone black now.
2: <laughs> oh, blah,
0: blah, 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 blah. And, I, and it, the first thing that came into my mind was your finger, George, because it's the middle as well. And, yeah, and I yeah. kind of went, well, it's not that bad. I should probably <laughs> be a little bit cooler about all of this because <laughs> it's just a little, my nail's a bit sore. That's it.
2: Yeah. Um, well, I feel pretty stupid. Well, not exactly uh, proud.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, these things, they're uh, never fun.
2: No. Mm.
0: So, right. Um, sorry, sorry. I just have one more question. And, and yeah. this is, I, I love, well, not I love asking this, but I'm always very curious to ask this. To people who have these sort of horrific injuries, was it painful in the moment, or is that or is, is, is it pain not on your mind at, at, in that moment?
2: Okay, so painful is no because it felt more like an impact. Mm. It felt like I was hit really hard and really fast, and oh. it didn't have time to kind of register as pain, but when I finally took the courage to look down, then it was painful. It wasn't until I looked at it and obviously my brain registered what had yeah. happened It was bad and I basically, I, I wrapped it up, I ran out the front of the shop and got my neighbor because I, I right. don't do blood, like yeah. blood and me don't mix. Yeah. And I just, he was like, he was more concerned than I was I think, but just pacing back and forth until my lift got there, just trying to ignore it because so it, it was painful. But I was also in shock, so the pain yeah. was a, a different sort of pain.
0: Sort of at the back, yeah. Yeah, um, so like, this
2: evening, just before when I emailed you guys, I, I emailed saying I'm not sure how I'm going to go because mm-hmm. the anesthetic's just wearing off. That pain, I've never felt anything like it. Yeah, it well, was, that,
0: that's what I was going to ask, is it, yeah. is it the most painful thing you've ever experienced?
2: It is. Um, I was pretty confident that I was prepared for it because I've, you know, crushed ankles and I've had a whole heap of other things done. But this pain is, it, it's weird. And I think there's the also, pain. Huh? yeah, it's, mm. I don't really, I can't even explain it, but I've got these pain meds, um, <laughs> oxy, oxycodone yep. and it was 40 minutes of me just you know, in a state. Waiting for this to kick in, and now I'm finally feeling like there's a throb there, but the pain oh, just is... keep on top of it. I hate when you let it lapse. Uh, I've, it... I've got reminders yeah. in my phone for the first <laughs> yeah. two days, I am not going without it, and then yeah. then we'll see how we go. We just pan it off. <laughs> does the workshop
0: still need uh, cleaned up? Yeah, uh, yeah. What does the jointer look like?
2: Well, I popped in there this morning to uh, get the countertop. Luckily, I managed to convince my dad of old people to take the day off work and help me out. <laughs> um, and I had a quick look around and he went in last night because I, I just pulled the door behind me. Everything was still on. Music was blaring. <laughs> um, and he, he did a bit of a clean up for me. Right. Well, I, awesome. do, I do have a fair bit of blood in the kitchen because right. that was my closest first aid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. So we, we've got a, a question. And I think this is a, a pretty relevant question here from Colm. Uh, Do you have worker's insurance while you're off? I, being
2: self-employed, there's a really weird zone where worker's comp is what this injury would be considered as, but because I'm self-employed and it's my business, uh, most insurers have a hard time. Which I should have got if I had this injury. Yeah, that would have point. been protecting me, but I I don't. And all I'm going to say is I'm really lucky that it's the end of the year. This was mm. my last project that needed happening. Everything else can be put off. So, yeah, really fortunate. Um, and Adrian has a question saying, "So are you keeping the jointer or <laughs> is it for sale?" <laughs> you know, it's actually really funny because I've on Gumtree at the moment there's the similar size I think it's slightly smaller I think it's 15 inch not 16 inch uh, jointer which I saw and it's a really good one it's a modern it's parallelogram it's not like what I've got there um, and it's got a better fence and stuff but and, and I emailed him just out of interest saying look I know it's low bowling but I have this secret figure of uh, this figure of $700 that I never pass up a good machine on uh, I don't expect you to say yes but the office there and it was after that I realised you know what I've got a jointer that's that size it yeah. works really well yeah it needs a bit of a tune up every couple of weeks but stuff it yeah. and that was the morning or maybe the night before I did this <laughs> that I thought of it um, am I keeping it still yeah I'm not. I'm not changing jointers but what I am doing is I'm going to Invest that $700, which that would have been, into safety equipment that I don't have, which will help me stop doing stupid things like positioning my body things. in weird ways uh, for doing tasks that really need two people. Mm-hmm. So you know, get a heap of feather boards and and rollers. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, find a power feeder so I can actually mm-hmm. put that on that machine because it's got the post there. It just hasn't oh, got yeah. the unit and do that, I I'm mean, I'm s- it's an eye-opener because I am working there myself, and if I'm not there, it's too hard.
1: A slightly oddball question, but I'm just thinking about it, I think I would have a problem. Um, so my first aid kit, I have one, it's displayed on a, but it's in a cupboard. Right. And I would need to open the door, pull out the, uh, and it's an overhead hinged Unit because I had some hinges from a job, so open the lid up, pull out the thing, open the plastic container, get out my uh, whatever I need. Did you have a similar issue when you're like, okay, I've got first aid kit, no. but actually not super easy to get at?
2: My issue, which is lucky that I was, I raided my first aid kit for gloves the day before because I ran out right. of my actual nitroglycerin gloves. Right. So it was still open but my issue if i did have one was getting the zip open on my first aid kits because they're a yeah. zipped bag right. and i was obviously one-handed and operating yeah. a zip well that's and why just, i was also
1: just thinking like yeah. okay even if i get into my first aid kit it's like a fishing tackle box yeah um which i actually put my own one together because i don't like those bags but even then you get to your, the gauze and it's wrapped in a little bag and when you're by yourself, yeah, you, you gotta you to go to tear it open or something, then, you get blood all over your face or whatever at the yeah. same time. So just that alone, like it seems like there should be a bit of way for like like a trauma kit where you can just reach into something and grab some. Yeah, I didn't even think about
2: that. Yeah. Like like you know, I'm, i keep saying I'm incredibly lucky that this is how it worked. And I'm yeah. even incredibly lucky in the circumstances that I had it still open and mm. stuff. Otherwise it would have been a lot harder.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, how much were you taking off the board at a time? Well, in, in that,
2: I don't really ever adjust how much I'm removing, so i hazard a guess that it's about one, one and a half mil max. Mm-hmm. Okay, light, so say,
0: do you but, do you finish on the? I mean, would you consider it a finished part on the jointer?
2: It depends how well the, the knives are set because it's only a two knife. Cut ahead. Oh, okay, it's yeah. a bit less, of less quality than a three cutter. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've got, I've got it tuned pretty damn well that I'm happy to use that as a glue joint. Um, uh, but- just out
1: of interest, so I've got a four cutter straight knife jointer. Yeah, but it seems to run fairly slowly, and so I, you get the. Um, Still you know, get the, wave waves. You it. get the waves, in it. and so I find that I've got to go particularly slowly to get a nice smooth joint, which is fine. But it's just is, I'm standing there for twice as long as I think I should be. Um, so do you think your plane is with the two blade is running fast? I or... know
2: that it runs at six thousand one hundred RPM because I had a tack on it because I'm looking okay. at getting a helical cutter head for it, right. and that's the speed they require is six thousand. Huh. Okay.
1: Um, yeah, mine's not that fast at all, I'm sure, you know, so I might have to gear mine up, I think.
2: But, yeah, I mean, as the the other thing, uh, just to go back to my setting that Rob asked, of one and a half mil, mine being such an old jointer, the actual beds don't close in as tight as they could to the cutter head. Right. And there's actually a there's actually quite a big pinch area in there. It's not as bad as, you know, the old square cutters, obviously remove yeah. <laughs> you your entire arm. Yeah. But because of it just being so old, mm. I don't think they really had it the casting down as good as it could have been or whatever. So there's probably I'd say a five mil pinch gap in there.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, mine's yeah, yeah mine's no, mine's probably two mil, I think.
2: Yeah, so nice. still still enough. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's a big question.
0: Hmm. The f- yeah, looking at the first aid question, I still don't have one in the shop. I've, got the f- I've just got a fire extinguisher, which hmm. is probably not that as important. That will help with amputation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at least if there's a fire, you can get out of the building. Um, but yeah. yeah, I need to get myself a first aid kit. Yeah. Even, like
2: I've just got a few of the roadside ones, the roadside trauma kits. Yeah. It's got yeah. gloves. It's got all the band-aids and washers and gloves and all that. And that... That's pretty good. I guess the only things that's missing would be the, you know, the safety scissors for removing clothing and yeah. it's probably could do with tweezers and eye wash station. That would be the only things that I would add to it.
1: Yeah, eye wash. Yeah, my plan's always been just to put my head under the tap cuz I can't do that, but um yeah, it's probably not ideal.
2: Yeah. I mean, I've only ever had a few things in my eye and every single time i've had something in my eye it's while wearing safety glasses yeah it's i've had similar things like i had a shard of metal off a grind wheel in my eye and i was wearing goggles but it had the little vents in the bottom yep. You know, anti fog up and that's where yep. the metal went up and got into my eye
1: yeah so my ideas coming through here for first aid kits yeah. I like the draw, the pull-out drawer that dumps the stuff out underneath it. I guess in that case you could just have a, a wide drawer, like a tray that pulls yeah. out, and everything's just spread out. So you just need one finger at minimum to hook, just the, hook the talking, drawer open, yeah. and everything's just laid out on like a tray. And well, that's why.
0: When you were talking, uh, Joey, about your first eight kids, I could just imagine myself just taking a thing and just throwing it against a wall and just <laughs> everything comes <laughs> out. <laughs> because yeah. they're yeah. in the panic I always like I
1: really like having everything in a nice little kit and I've got one of everything I need and it's all tidy but actually getting into it when you're bloodied and sore probably never going to happen yeah
0: So. okay well it's yeah very 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 happy that you're you're all good Jordan. yeah, it's about, yeah no, you know, I'm oh, man and it's, it's I'm, I'm really happy that you, you were keen to talk about it because yeah I think we all need to keep hearing this from time to time um, yeah it, I think before a lot scary. of the the guys in the chat got on um, b- well before we started I was just saying to George how when I first got my jointer it was second hand I'd never used a joints before so there was no real warning and I just got on and started pushing stuff through until someone said to me what wait like aren't you going to use a push block or something and it it, it just never dawned on me that a jointer could be a dangerous thing. And I sure. you know, you can you could, I guess you could get into real trouble like that. I mean, I know there's a lot of people who say you don't need a, a push block, but for someone who's never used it before, no one's ever shown me how to use it, all I've got is YouTube. Yeah. You know, that's how you get into trouble.
2: I'm actually, I'm quite afraid of releasing my video this week because it shows me using the jointer with no push blocks. Right. Which is before this injury. This is like a fortnight ago that I recorded it. <laughs>
1: So my but, my, my yeah. jointer came with a couple of push blocks. And I was the like, sweet. orange I'll, things? Yeah. I was like, sweet. Oh, I'll geez. try these. They were more dangerous than yeah. I've ever, and they're straight in the bin. Um, yeah. If I'm using large stock, I won't use a, a block. As soon as I get down, if I'm, if I'm trying to uh, plane anything kind of 30 mil and under on its flat, um, I use my uh, plywood push stick. Yeah. Um, and then my hand's kind of 200 mil away from the,
2: I think I'll continue to use my hands more than I would use blocks on the jointer because it feels more controlled, it feels safer to me, but I'll be more cautious about Mm. the thin stuff like you say.
0: Mm. Well, that's what the the argument is, is that, you know, people reach for their push block unnecessarily and you lose so much control. Uh, I was just this week that I was reading an article. Someone had taken a photo of it out of a magazine about a jointer and it's a picture of a guy with gloves pushing you know and then oh, he's, yeah. sort of, he's hitting the glove thing as well which I'm, I, mean, I don't know enough <laughs> about but i've heard that that's also but and in in the, in the, the article he was saying you know i've been using a joint for 20 years i have never had a board kick back on me so no why I mean, is there I don't, this big fear about it
1: personally i don't know the only time i've had a kick back were if i've dragged a long board backwards and it's caught the blade and it kind of shoots back a little bit but i'm holding it it's up off the table so it's Mm. it's not really an issue um one time i would say where you can't use a push block on a jointer is if you have rough stock that you've jointed the flat face and you go to joint the edge and the edge is way off square and so you actually have to physically with your hands hold it against the fence to keep it square for the first few passes while you're getting that that thin edge sitting flat and then and then it can sit on its own devices otherwise it's gonna you know if you just let it sit it's just going to tilt away from the fence and you'll get a yeah. nice
0: crazy angle on the side of your board so i guess what you could do in that case is bring out the hand plane and get it closer <sighs> yeah but then then we start talking about well you know you can You're go through for it forever i think for me and joey we'll just go
2: to the panel saw to do it like that yeah. it's the safest and easiest way but yeah, since I've got that panel saw, happens, uh, I haven't
1: I've only run my jointer today for the first time since I bought the panel saw. Um
2: yeah. I'm I'm the same. I it's the only reason I was jointing an edge on the jointer was because where I have the countertop assembled was blocking my sliding table <laughs> right. so I couldn't couldn't do <laughs> it. So, uh,
1: I well yeah, um there's a couple of questions on the um chat, so we could maybe just get into that because it seems like an interesting thing to talk about. Yeah. Uh, From Leroy, what is a project or technique that will really stretch your current skill sets? Go, Robin. Um,
0: A project that will test my current skill sets. So, there's one, and George, you've done this in a video before. I want to do a coffee table, but with a sort of angled loose tenon join. Yeah. And I can't remember you, it was a while ago you did a low slung coffee table and I keep meaning to go back and have a look at it, but you've done the join at 90 degrees and then cut away the material to create, because I don't have the, you know, a, a good amount of tools to do that angled loose tenon, but you sort of, you, created that join 90 degrees and then cut away to create the angle is are you uh, talking the curved?
2: So I, I cut it and then I cut the curved profile, I'm pretty or sure it was an angle a different project I'm thinking of,
0: i sure it's thing. angle. Well, anyway, yeah, that's that's a that's a project that I really I've got it. I've got the top. I've got the top and I want to, you know, get going on it. But it's about creating that uh, sort of just a square frame and then four angled legs.
2: Yeah, you
0: know, like that. I've never done an angled. I guess the other way you could do it is with uh, uh, what's it with the the mortise and tenon. No, a bridle joint. Sorry, where you have you create the angled bridle joint. I've never done that before. Um, yeah, that's yeah. that's going to be the that's sort of a a the,
2: skill that I don't have yet. The thing I'll tell you is it's, it's more daunting than it actually is to think about it. It's actually not as difficult as it, it looks. So right, okay. definitely attempt it on on test graph, but yeah. it's not as bad as you think. Because, yeah, I, I remember doing that sort of stuff for the first time. You know, oh, this is going to be hard. And it goes together. And you think, oh, it's actually not that bad.
0: Yeah. Well, as you say, it's just, about, it's just about doing it. And it's not something difficult. I mean, you guys have probably done it a million times before, but it's about that, you know, that first step to just give it a go. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so that's, I'd say that's mine, um, Joey, I'll get my back. Okay,
1: hang on, just let me do one last letter, Bam. okay, so, I've been designing, so, this weekend coming, I'm moving into the new house, finally, so yay for me, I'll be moving furniture while I'm meant to be building it at the same time, um, I've been designing, since we started building the house, I've been designing my dining table and chairs and was came up with a really great idea and we were like yes that's the one and then that changed and i we (coughs) changed the design and we said right yep that's the one and then that changed and now um we finally have a design which i'm going to make and that is going to push me so should i talk about it why not um it is a hexagon tabletop and it's going to be veneered to look like a Louis cube, so that it looks like a three-dimensional cube on the top, so one really large three-dimensional cube sitting on a veneered hexagonal pedestal um, that then goes down into a large hexagonal base as well to hold everything. So there's three elements, and they've all got crazy angles, and joinery which is all completely hidden but has to be super strong and also removable um, because the top is 1500 across so it needs to come off the base Um, so i'm dealing with issues about um, what do i make the top from what substrate how am i actually going to join the substrates while lining up veneers because the only way i can see it at the moment is to glue up the table top upside down so I can screw my bits of plywood together because I'm going to have to use plywood as a substrate. But then do I veneer it afterwards? I don't know how I will press that. So if I press the veneers onto my three pieces of uh, like cube first, then I've got to try and line that up perfectly upside down when I can't see it when I'm screwing my two bits applied together. Sounds very complicated and it is. Um, so yeah very complicated for me i'm not sure that i i think it is pushing my skill set i've i done all the elements of of it before but not in one um job i think so yeah
0: now hmm. with these types of complicated builds like this do you do you plan it all out and then get stuck into it because obviously this is a as you're saying it's a fairly complicated one whereas if it was simple you might just just sort of gung-ho and off you go but with this do you plan on every single step and then get into it or do you um, do 50 percent or 25
1: percent? Or- i do i'll say what i do on every job is i plan out what i need what i'm going to make and then i only think about the crucial elements because the rest then just falls into place so if it's something with angled joinery i'm going to focus on the angle joinery and then after that everything's relative to that angle joinery and I would have learnt the angles I need to cut and all that kind of stuff. So in this case I know how to make it. I think the problem is what order do I make it in and and if I follow a given order of operations um, is that going to run me into trouble on the next step say lining up veneers or trying to press veneers and stuff like that um so yeah i'm still undecided um uh, yeah how that's going to work mm. uh i have sketched it up on sketchup in um i could make a scale model i've got enough offcuts of veneer too that would be an interesting thing but i think it would take just as long as a full-size one
2: so, <laughs> yeah
0: um uh, just another question, uh, George, for you, and I, I, we will get back to the the chat in a second. But I just thought of something. Yeah. With the jointer, are you nervous about going back to it? The reason I ask is I had a a, a bit of a scare once with an angle grinder cutting through some steel, and the the one of those zip disks, it actually broke, and it just the thing just took off. Right. And luckily, I was, you know, on. I was paying attention and doing all the right things so I wasn't you know I wasn't in the way avoided of avoided disaster yeah yeah. but it took me a long time to be okay with it you know I'll, I'll cut a paver in half I'll cut a, a paver into a sculpture no problem but as soon as I've got to cut metal now I'm terrified mm-hmm. so are you a bit nervous
2: um you know I obviously I haven't gone back so I, I don't know until I it's start culture. early yeah. but I don't think I'll be nervous about it I just think I'll be really cautious I think I'll be more aware of it than I have been before. Um, I could be think, a bit slower. Yeah, and I think the, because all I can kind of say is that, you know, get back on the horse, that mm. kicked you off. But I think, I think I'll think i be okay because I do use it every day. I'm really, really comfortable around it. And uh, But, yeah, I'll get back to you as soon as I'm back in the shop though because I, I don't know. It yeah. could be really bad. Trauma is a weird thing. So, mm.
1: what do you? So, Jordan, what do you reckon to uh, push your skill set at the moment?
2: Um, one thing I've never really done, and I would love to, is veneering. Right. Uh, veneering to me is this really fine art, in my mind anyway. And I know people that do it every day say so it's not that bad. Mm. But yeah, if I could get some veneering really down and looking the way I would want it to. I think that would be an amazing skill for me to learn. But, um, well
1: just on that then, um, well I remember about it, there's a guy on Instagram, CT Fine Furniture, his name's Craig Thipado, I think it is. Um, he is a master of veneering and um, you need to check out his Instagram just to see what he can do. What he can do yeah. I, I talked to him a little bit about veneering so I got some tips off him, but he said He's actually in the, just about to finish a book on how to veneer. So everyone should be buying that. Um, just the knowledge this guy's got, I can't wait to see what he's put into a book. So um, they will be really interesting.
2: Mm. Oh, I'll have to check him out. Mm. When there's, on top of veneering, everything I can keep pushing my skills in. I mean, I'm constantly looking for new methods and things. So... Hard to pinpoint it. Cool. Um,
0: Let's see what else we got.
2: Um, an interesting yeah. question from Ross, which I can quickly answer because I've had both. Yes, so um, um, yeah. Ross is saying I'm in the process of building a shed workshop and I'm looking at buying a combo to planer. What's your thoughts on combo versus separate machines? Um, so. I have had both and my answer to you would be it depends on your space because it's more efficient as far as workflow to have them separate. If you don't have machine changeover, you can leave them set up and not worry about changing the bed height. But if you're pushed for space, um, they're, they're brilliant. The combo machines do everything that a... Uh, standalone will do, and often more. So if you get something like the Mini Max, like I had, you can attach a mortising table onto that, and now you've got yourself a real good joinery machine. Um, another argument is that for the same price, you can get a 300 mil wide jointer planer combination. But if you're looking at a 300 mil wide just a jointer, you're looking at four grand minimum. Mm-hmm. So you're getting a larger capacity machine. Yeah, for actually a bit of a money saving because mm-hmm. ideally you want your jointer to match the width of your thicknesser mm-hmm. ideally um, it so doesn't happen very often <laughs> it doesn't happen often because the wide jointers are so expensive
0: yeah. I've never heard of that but I guess yeah it makes sense
2: yeah. I mean it means you can you can flatten and straighten a 15 inch wide board
0: mm-hmm.
2: on a jointer and then send it through your 15 inch wide thicknesser so okay. yeah. My answer would be, it depends on your space, but for workflow, it's better to have them separate, but it's not the end of the world. It just adds a few minutes. And if you're doing it as a hobby, mm. time isn't really that much of an issue for, for most people. It's just when you're, you know, on deadlines.
1: Yeah. Yeah. If, if you're doing like a lot of doors, like you've got a whole stack of rails and styles. You want to have one machine set up and the other one set up and have everything... Mm. Um, and then having to swap swap the thicknesser back over to the jointers would be annoying, but just slower, really. I, I suppose, and yeah. like I say, it's got to be based on space.
2: Um, yeah, if you have the room, go separate. But. Yeah.
0: I see Cuffy is championing the idea as well, saying the combo machine is is a, uh, Today I was working with my thicknesser and my planer, and I sort of I do the one board, put it through the thicknesser. Okay, that's about right. Well, I should have done this back to the joints. So my workflow is just because I'm not a professional or yeah, it's all over the place. So for me, it's super because if I was having to flip the thing over and over, like it would just be a
2: nightmare. You will quickly learn to do it all when you need to do it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, Well, that gets into the topic we were meant to be talking about is learning lessons about (laughs) You learn pretty quick that when you've got a machine set up, you need to do everything you can think of with that machine set up as it is. Mm. As soon as it's shifted, you're never going to get it again.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Let's let's just do one more question, Um, and then we'll and then we'll call it a night. I'm just having a look Mm for one. There was
1: one
2: Um,
0: practice joints. There was one about yes, the practice joints. That was that was the one that I wanted to to ask you guys do you do you still do that because you guys are obviously at a level now where you're pretty sure of I, what you're doing. Do you still I know? like
1: to say that I practice my joints on the real deal because mm. um, I've never I think maybe I've I've cut less than five practice joints in my life and they're all terrible because I what's I've got no consequence.
2: Yeah you're not yeah. really invested in it. No
1: much. but so, when I was doing, say, a little while ago, I did a big maple chest of drawers and all the case was dovetailed. I mean, that's, there's no practice, there's no warm up. It's just mark it out, think through it, and make it right. Like, um, make it work. So, if you make a mistake, you've, you've got to learn to fix that mistake. Um, and if you've got a dire consequence, i.e., starting from scratch, um, you're probably not going to make a mistake. You really take your time. And then as you get more confident with the joinery, you can smash things out a bit faster. But.
0: Mm. Yeah, I've, I've, I agree with you in completely. Um, I think it was uh, John Haas says the same thing. Uh, there's no, yeah, he just doesn't see the point as well. He's been doing it for, for yeah. decades. Yeah. Um, I I don't think I've ever done a test cut mm. I have messed up cuts and wished I'd done test cuts. But ultimately, unless you have all your machine, it's just my opinion, of course, if you have all your machines dialed in, then, you know, then it, it makes no sense to be doing test cuts. Uh, and you might as well ease up to those cuts anyway. So yeah, so, yeah I, I just I can't see the need for it, personally,
2: I do every now and again. But usually it's more about getting the angle just right. So if it's a design I'm not really have out on paper, I will often cut on a scrap bit of pine and think that it needs to be, let's say for a leg splay or something, I think it needs to be five degrees. I'll cut that in pine Mm. and then I'll have a look at it in real space and say, actually I'm going to drop that down. But I very rarely would do it with something that's, you know, mortise and tenon or a dovetail or something. Um, was... The only time I always am doing it at the moment is I've got a new machine, which is the slot mortiser, right? And I'm just getting used to that. Yeah. yeah so yeah. until I'm I'm feeling comfortable on that machine, I will continue to do test cuts and test ups, But once I have that confidence in the machine and my setup, <coughs> I won't be doing it. Someone just
1: commented uh, mentioning Dorian's channel. Uh, which I mentioned, I think, last week or the week before, Dorian Bracht, who does a lot of Japanese joinery in his mm-hmm. videos. And absolutely, if I was going to attempt one of those joints for a job, I would have to run through it, not so much to to practice the cutting, but to get my head around the geometry of what I'm actually cutting. Some of those joints are so complicated that you really need to actually make one to understand what is happening with two or three pieces of timber. I think most people can visualize a dovetail in their head, and so you don't necessarily have to uh, practice it to understand the geometry. Yeah. Um, It's pretty
2: self-explanatory once.
1: Yeah, but when you you start getting hidden things happening behind other things, um, and you, you know, it really, you need to actually just smash it out and see what piece of wood goes where. So, yeah.
0: All right, uh Well, let's let's leave it there for tonight. Before everyone runs off, are we going to talk about what we're watching. Do you guys have anything uh, interesting?
2: I'm not prepared for this one today. I've been thrown out. Um, yeah,
0: that's all right.
2: Have um, I got... I can look at my history, though. I'm sure there's something.
0: <laughs> while you're doing that, I saw a video by the guy by his channel's name. I don't know if it's his actual name, but it's Olari. He made a uh he's he's quite well known in the 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 US well in that whole maker community over there he made a knife out of a piece of stone so with a grinder he cut out the shape of a knife brought it up to an edge oh
2: yeah i did say that yeah he,
0: he said it wasn't sharp enough to cut really well but you know it was it was pretty sharp <clears throat> and it was just out of one block of stone and i thought it was just such a such a cool idea with an angle grinder just yeah, yeah. It was a really cool idea.
1: Um, I will say I haven't had mm, bugger all time to watch anything this week, but I will go back and say go and check out Craig Thippido on Instagram, CT Fine Furniture is the handle, I believe. Um, go give him a subscribe. He's got plenty of subscribers, but uh, man, just take one squiz over what he can do and uh, you'll be hooked. It's crazy.
0: Yeah. It's a very interesting thing.
2: Hmm. I mm. I, uh, I think I'm going to let the team down this week because everyone I've been watching is not actually woodworking. <laughs> yeah, well. This old Tony though. Oh,
0: old Tony.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. I kind of find I, I watch the a lot of the time watching the woodworking is as sort of work.
1: But then yeah. I'll,
0: I'll watch other stuff. I I enjoy um, Let's Plays. So I'll right. watch Let's Play. That's like my my time off. That's my entertainment. Yeah.
2: Yeah. All right. I've just had no time. I'm sorry. Yes, we're good. That's right.
0: <laughs> cool. All right, everyone. Well, thanks. Thanks to everyone in the chat. Uh, it was good to have a lot of the, the questions and, and, and feedback as we go. Um, obviously keep it coming. This is an interactive show. So it was the questions that we didn't get to tonight. We will do again next good week. George um, hope you uh, hope you yeah. in the next couple of days um, and it's that the pain, pain doesn't come back too much. Keep an eye on those Mm. meds.
2: Yeah, thank you. It's pretty rough, but we'll be good. We'll be back to the standard sort of uh, episode next (laughs) week.
0: Yeah. All right. So thanks again, everyone. We'll see you next Thursday. Same time, same place. Have a very good weekend. And uh, yeah, thanks for watching. Cheers, guys.